In June of 2007, it looked like the Celtics were headed for disaster. By the end of the next month, they had gotten Kevin Garnett. We're going to talk about it here on the Friday Locked On Celtics Millie. Let's go. back with the vengeance. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, it's the best way. Melly. Yeah, this is the podcast you've been waiting for. This is the one we talk about getting Kevin Garnett. This next series of podcasts is going to be a lot of fun for you. I'm John Corrales of MassLive.com, welcoming you back as we continue our march through Boston Celtics history. If you haven't been with us from the beginning, we started weeks and weeks and weeks ago, starting with the original Boston Celtics. The NBA, in fact, when we started this, the NBA didn't even exist. It was the BAA. We're all the way now. Until up to 2007, where the Boston Celtics get the fifth pick in the in the draft, they do not get the top two picks in the lottery. One of the top two picks, and it looks like disaster has sprung. It's a bad time that turns into the beginnings of the best time. Kevin Garnett. By the end of this podcast, Kevin Garnett becomes a member of the Boston Celtics. So. That's going to be a fun discussion. It's all brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first purchase of the best tasting protein bar on the market. And they've got a bunch of new flavors. It's covered in chocolate. Go check it out. Check out their label on BuiltBar.com. It's a great protein bar. $10 off your first purchase with the promo code LOCKEDON. All right, I'm not going to keep you waiting anymore. Here it is, our discussion of 2007, the draft, the lottery, and the trade for Kevin Garnett. I remember now, I remember as this season is progressing that we on Red's Army started Operation Odin. Because. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because. Oh my God. How do you remember that? I, wow. Because I remember, I remember updating that page wow. all the time. All That's of a sudden. Right. Now we realize what's happening. We realize the Celtics are just. There's no reason for them to win. They're, they continuously lose. So the number one overall pick in that draft early on is believed to be Greg Oden. Like Greg Oden is the guy. I'm all about it. Again, I'm still thinking old school that here's, here's the next dominant big man. And we're following Ohio State basketball all the time, summarizing Greg Oden's performances, watching those games. Operation Odin as its own separate tab on RedsArmy.com. Eventually, we added Destination Durant to that list because Kevin Durant at Texas, from my recollection, now I wasn't following it so closely that I knew going into the season that it was going to be like a one-two thing. All of a sudden, you start hearing like, hey, this kid Kevin Durant in Texas is going to be something. And so we I remember switching it. It's like, okay, we'll do Operation Odin slash Destination Durant. That's our tanking mantra. It's going to be one of those two guys. The Celtics at that point we we're, we see the writing on the wall. 
they're they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Now they're one of the two worst teams in the league, and so we're sitting there thinking like, hey, all right, we're going to get one of these two guys. Something's going to be set. Now I was I was a Greg Oden guy. I don't know what you guys were. No, I was an Odin guy too. I I, I just thought he was more of the sure thing. I mean, Dur- Durant was just that super skinny type of player. I just you know I think it was can he really be effective in the NBA? I know, and Odin was just such a monster. And I think at this at this point, big men were still effective. So and the Celtics were starved forever for for a big. So I, I was I was all for Odin. Yeah, I was too. Um, although I like Durant, but um, I thought. Like you just said, Chuck, uh, Odin was a monster. He was going to come in and do it all and and be the, the next great big man. Although I guess uh, Danny said later that he would have taken Durant if he could have. He totally would have. Yes. He, he I, 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 yeah, I, I, I remember hearing those that sort of stuff leading up to the draft, thinking, oh, my God, you know, if, if, if we end up getting that pick and Ainge goes for Durant. Um, so Ainge says that now, but I, I definitely have the, the, um, recollection of those rumors being out there, oh, yeah. um, back then. So, um, and being, being a little pissed. bit, being concerned about it, yeah. you know, <laughs> I remember being pissed like this, like at that point, it's like, Oh God, this Danny's going to screw this up. Like we're finally going to get the number one pick and he's not going to take the dominant big man. And, and at that point it was like, you always win with a dominant big man, Shaq just won a title Shaq was winning titles like crazy like of course the dominant big man was the way to go it seemed but again Danny Ainge knew it was coming and could tell that Kevin Durant clearly the better choice uh and would have been absolutely correct at that point which I'm glad that that didn't happen because I would have been wrong about like majorly wrong and I would have gone on a huge diatribe about how Danny doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Like I, I, I would have written 5,000 words and, and I'm glad I didn't have that to get thrown back at me. I've got plenty that's about to get thrown back at me. Uh, want to mention one other sad thing that happened February 22nd, 2006 before we get to the draft. Uh, we lost Dennis Johnson who was coaching the Celtics at that point. The D league was, was relatively new. Um, the Celtics had a, uh, an affiliation with the Austin Toros, uh, at that point. And he was coaching the Austin Toros and he had a, a heart attack and died on February 22nd. So another just gut punch, sad, like as if the season couldn't get any worse. We already lost red. We already watched a season on the court go south. We're, we're sitting here pining for draft picks. And then we lose DJ, who, you know, looked like he was on his way to maybe coaching. And at that point, you're thinking like, hey, maybe maybe DJ could eventually crack the NBA. And how fun would it be to have DJ coaching the Celtics someday? Um, so anyway. There's a, there's a lot I could say about Dennis Johnson because I watched his whole career. But all you have to know is that Larry Bird said he was the best teammate he ever had. Yep. I mean that's that says a lot. Uh, my my one of my favorite visuals in all of Celtics history is after after the bird steal, DJ diving to the to the basket and laying it up, and just just their hug like DJ just kind of like 
waving bird over. Yeah. Like and and Mm. that hug, like just that moment right there, like more than the steal. That was just like that. That moment was is it might be my favorite, like single visual in Celtics history. Well, that is my favorite moment as a Celtics fan of all time. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah, yeah, same, same, same here. You know, we, we were clinging. You know, we didn't. You know, we knew the that team was um, kind of winding down a bit, but we still thought they had enough to win the title that year. And to see them fall behind to the team we hated. <laughs> uh, but but just to bring it back, you know, to DJ, like the steal isn't the steal. If if DJ doesn't cut down the lane, right? We get the layup. You know, if Bird has to call a timeout and then there's whatever time left and whatever doesn't happen after that, then there there is no steal. It doesn't matter, right? Right? I mean, half of that play, Dennis Johnson deserves incredible credit for just just for having the wherewithal to right. to pull that off. And it may have just been intuitive, but um, he, he deserves a lot of credit for that. He makes that break as soon as he sees Bird break for the ball and go for like he knows like he's it's it's not like oh crap he stole it I got to do something like as Bird is turning and starting to see his momentum carrying him out of bounds DJ's already down the lane like yeah it's it's happening but it's almost like a quarterback kind of faking the handoff turning around and seeing his receiver breaking to the spot like it's it was so intuitive and it I, i'm I, every time you see bird steal i will always say it's that's half the play just like you did chuck that it's underneath to dj and he lays it in makes that play the play um and i'm glad that happened when it happened and not nowadays because that play never would have happened nowadays which I think I've said before on the podcast, but nowadays the ball would have gone out of bounds. And instead of Isaiah Thomas, like frantically trying to inbound it, the refs would have stopped the game. They're gone <laughs> over to video review. Right. Right. Five minutes of video review. You know, Chuck Daly would be drawing up a play and everything. Now maybe bird would have made a play afterwards, but it's, it's the element of surprise and taking advantage of, Isaiah Thomas being impatient is why that play happened. But um, yeah, it's a great point. Great point. So I'm, but DJ, anytime DJ can get some love, um, I'm happy to give it to him because he's just such an underrated part of Celtics history. And it was sad to lose him. It's just a a, a tough, it's just tough news to get uh, at that point. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I've talked a lot about Built Bar and how it's the best tasting protein bar on the market. The best way I can explain to you how I really do feel about Built Bar is that I spent my own money to go buy myself a couple of boxes of these Built Bars. Now, they sent me a free box at first to try it out. I tried them. I liked them. And then this week when a special came out that I was getting $5 off each box that on Monday I got the free 
packet of the Built Boost Energy Drink Mix as well. And then with my first order, I got $10 off with the promo code locked on. I took advantage of that. I got myself a couple more boxes. That's going to get me through the next month and a half or so. I like Built Bars because they are delicious. They are a good meal replacement. They are full of protein, but not a ton of calories. So as I'm working out and trying to drop a few pounds, I'm not eating a ton trying to get all of these protein and nutrients into my body, but I'm still getting the protein that I want after I do my push-ups and my workouts at home. So if you want to get yourself some Built Bars, go to BuiltBar.com, use a promo code like I did, Locked On, for $10 off your first order. Check it out. Check out their comparison, their side-by-side comparison with Built Bar and all the other protein bars on the market. You'll see. Protein, not a lot of calories, no extra sugars, no extra carbs. It's BuiltBar.com. Promo code is locked on, and you're going to get $10 off your first order. The Celtics do move on, and the news seems to get even worse. We get to the draft lottery, 2006 June draft lottery, and the Celtics have the second worst record in the league. The Grizzlies have the worst record in the league. Uh, was it the Grizzlies? Yes. Yep. Memphis, yep. And I remember the debates. When Paul Pierce was coming back and the Celtics were winning games, I remember people – like, Chuck, I think me, you, and Rob Gill might have had, like, some knockdown dragouts in the newsroom where we're like, why is Pierce even playing? Like, I, and I certainly was on, a, on the side of, like, if he's healthy, he should play. And the, the, the odds are going to be what they are. And whatever, like it's 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 just pure luck anyway, and whatever. So the Celtics miss the worst record in the league, and everybody's losing their mind. When that came up, when they're pulling the envelopes out of the the the, the cards out of those envelopes, and you're not expecting the, the Celtics, you're looking at like one or two, and when he opened that up and it was five at five Boston Celtics. You have that iconic image now of that fan just staring at the, they cut to this one guy staring at a TV slack jawed, like after all that, after all that you're giving us the fifth overall pick number five. That was disastrous. Yeah, I mean, that that draft was just flipped on its head, really. The top three picks ended up going to the teams that were like 7th, 5th, and 4th. You know, Memphis, Boston, and Milwaukee were the three worst teams, and they picked 4th, 5th, and 6th. So that draft was just flipped on its head. Um, We weren't the only ones who got screwed, but um, who cares about everybody else? I mean, that that was just another – like, how many times have I said – that was just another time where I felt like we were cursed. <laughs> like, yeah. the hits just keep coming, man. Going back to, like, freaking 1990. No. You go back to 93. You go back to 86. It's like, holy shit. Um, unbelievable. Un- unbelievable. Then, as a result of getting screwed like that, we had to go through weeks of debate over, well, who should they take? <laughs> what are they going to do now? You know, it would have been pretty simple. Odin or Durant. Now we're debating Al Horford and 
Jeff Green and E. John Leon, you know. I mean? Oh my God, man, yeah. that yeah. was that was brutal. That was like salt in the wound. The chairman, Yi Xiang Liang. The chairman, yeah. Because he was only allowed to work out in drills where he was dribbling around chairs. Like, that's... <laughs> I remember those. He, I remember the stories that came out. He would only work out against chairs. So they called him the chairman. Uh, Corey Brewer was in that draft. Uh, who else was in that draft? Nick Noah. Yeah, Joe Kim, Kim Noah. Noah. Yeah. Yeah, Marco Bellinelli, uh, Jared Dudley went 22nd in that draft, Wilson Chandler, Rudy Fernandez. Uh, and Jeff Green. Jeff Green was, yes. Jeff Green, who we picked. Yes. Uh, so going into into um, draft night, um, I don't I, – I guess I don't recall there being much momentum for a Celtics trade. I think at this point we had – um, Ainge had already inquired or had started to inquire about KG. Maybe he, I, maybe I'm piecing it together wrong, but I think throughout most of 2007, um, there was talk about Minnesota trading KG. I don't know if it went back to the trade, not trade deadline or what. Um, I don't think it just came out of nowhere in July, right? Because for a while there, there was talk that KG never wanted to come here. Um, didn't want to play in Boston, but to, to go back to the draft, I don't recall feeling like there was a trade was eminent. Can you correct me if I'm wrong there? Not, um, I don't recall talk about that fifth pick. Uh, right. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Trading that, pick, especially for Ray Allen. Right. The, so I remember, I remember some, Garnett Pierce rumor. I mean, not Pierce Garnett to the Celtics rumors. Um, those were happening. I think after the draft, like the, the, the trade was actually executed July 31st. Um, there yeah. were some rumors. I remember like in June, uh, or maybe like earlier in the season, you you start to hear some rumors. I didn't really give them much, much thought. And then after the draft, they really started to pick up. And that's when like the, the real meat of the, the rumors started to, to materialize. I mean, a, a July 31st trade for a superstar is un, unusual. You don't usually get traded that deep into the summer. It was, um, uh... There was some t- discussion, the way I remember it, that, you know, the question was, did KG want to get traded or not? Right? He, he at first didn't want to leave Minnesota. He wanted right. to be loyal and stay. Then, as you said, he didn't first, at first want to come to Boston. But, uh, apparently the acquisition of Ray Allen made the difference to him. Yeah. That, I mean- tr- the Ray Allen trade, nobody saw that coming. I don't remember hearing a thing about that. And suddenly on tra- on draft night, there's a trade and we got Ray Allen. Wow. That's pretty good. <laughs> yes. So the Celtics sent uh, Jeff Green, Gabe Pruitt. Uh, no, I'm sorry. They selected Jeff Green and Gabe Pruitt. They, sele- they sent Jeff Green, Wally Zerbiak, and Delonte West, 
plus uh, a second-round pick to the Seattle Sonics. They got in return Ray Allen and Glenn Davis. So that was uh, obviously a, a big a big deal. Uh, that was, at that point, uh, I remember, I think that was Sam Presti's, one of his first, that draft night was his first draft night. So Sam Presti comes into the league, Sam Presti of Emerson College, by the way, uh, <laughs> comes into the league, gets Kevin Durant, he falls, falls in his lap, then trades Ray Allen away. So he is in rebuilding mode. Danny Ainge sees a team that's going to build around Kevin Durant. They don't need Ray Allen over there. So Danny Ainge swoops in and says, all right, fine. We'll give you this pick, Jeff Green, who was pretty good, Georgetown, right? Um, was a pretty good player at Georgetown. You got uh, Wally Zerbiak, and you know Delonte was, was a promising young player, a good hard-nosed kid. And you get Ray Allen. Now all of a sudden you're like, whoa, holy shit, Paul Pierce and Ray Allen. That, that's a good combination. And then, so at that point, I am thinking, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Al Jefferson. There's your trio. There's the one. You got it. Um, the Celtics gave up a little bit of their their bench, but trading Wally Zerbiak for Ray Allen is, is a no-brainer. That now, now things are going to turn around. Tony Allen's going to get healthy. I'm, I'm seeing things starting to click for the Boston Celtics. The, the KG rumors and, and part of why I said I'm glad that, uh, I, I didn't get to write the, what is Kevin, what, what is Danny Ainge thinking about Kevin Durant? Because I already wrote the, the piece, what is Danny Ainge thinking about potentially going for Kevin Garnett? I thought the rumors were like insane. Like you don't gut your entire team. My thought was, all right, well you got Pierce and Ray. Okay. You're going to add Kevin Garnett, but then you're going to have nobody around them and you have three aging guys with no bench. Like, how does that work? It's funny. Well, you are, yeah, you were embracing the optimism around the Ray move and some of the younger pieces. And I, you know, surprisingly, or was like, this, what's this? Like, what, what are we going to do with Ray? Like, it's not enough. Like, there's, he, and then maybe I, maybe I undervalued him, but I didn't feel like the move was enough to warrant trading a top five pick in Jeff Green. Not that I was so high on Jeff, but it just didn't seem like, um, it seemed like we were, it just wasn't going to be enough to push us forward. Um, to be a, um, you know, a top five team in the East, they'd be better, obviously. Um, so being a little cynical about that, completely not thinking that that would lead to the Garnett stuff. And then when the Garnett stuff, um, started to gain traction, I mean, I was, as far as I was, I was all in. I mean, I saw, I liked Al, but I thought with the, you know, Garnett, and Pierce and Ray, I, I just and I wanted it to work. I didn't care about the depth. I wanted three stars. This, you know, the I wanted the relevancy. Um, I just was, you know, I'm impatient. If you if you didn't know, right. so I wanted <laughs> to put the chips in and go for it and let's be relevant for a few years, even if they're aging. Let's let's just do it. 
Um, I can and feel not myself any- arguing with you right now. I can feel, right? yeah, I we, can feel I mean, 2007 me arguing with you saying, what, you're just, <laughs> just going to push it all in for relevance? You got young guys, Chuck. Al Jefferson right. is 22, and he's starting to figure things out. He's already a walking double-double. I, you know, obviously from Rhode Island. Chuck, you're Rhode Island. You were all Rhode Islanders on this. <laughs> I was big Ryan Gomes fan. I thought Ryan Gomes was going to be a solid. <laughs> we liked Gomes. Piece. We liked him. I yeah. really liked Ryan Gomes. I thought, look, you've got Pierce. You've got Ray. You've got Al Jefferson slowly figuring this thing out. He's going to. You have two guys in their late 20s. you got a couple of guys in their early 20s. This is exactly the way you want it. This is how you want this whole thing to space out. Let's. This is the way to do it. And Ryan Gomes is a good piece. Tony Allen, we've just seen Tony Allen explode. Look how look how explosive he can be. Like I was all in on this future. Like I was, of course, I'm always optimistic in general. But <laughs> especially then, I was like just buying it all. Like I was seeing linear growth from everybody. I thought this was going to be like Pierce slashing to the hoop. Ray Allen hitting shots, Al Jefferson creating on the blocks, like fill in the blanks with some of these guys, good role players on the bench. I I liked where that team was going. Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. Mike, where were you? Well, uh, I was hopeful, you know, uh, I, I would never say that you were impatient, Chuck. I mean, it had been how many years? 30 years or something? You know, yeah. uh, you, you can only wait so long. And I was starting to wonder if I was going to see uh, another championship in my entire lifetime. You know, it had been that long. And I didn't really expect, though, that the Celtics would be able to get Garnett. And I thought, I know you've said this, John. I thought if they did trade for Garnett, they should really try not to give up um, Al Jefferson. I liked Al and thought, as you were saying, uh, he's going to be a a star. He's got the the goods. He's got the talent. He's got the low post game. And I was disappointed when he was included in the trade. But that's why – we're on a blog and Danny Ainge is in the Celtics front office. Yes. That has been proven true over and over and over again. Mm. So to hear Kevin Garnett tell it, I was there in Chicago when he was recording the, um, all the smoke podcast with, uh, Steven Jackson and, um, uh, what's his name? Who does it with Steven Jackson? Totally forgot. Okay. Barnes, Matt Barnes. Yes, Matt Barnes. Barnes yes. Right. So I was there, front row seat to listen to KG, which, by the way, a front row seat to KG telling stories is so amazing. Just listening to him just talk and gesticulate and just, he's like, at first you could tell he was a little nervous, but then all of a sudden he started getting into telling the stories and I was like, this is just the best day of my life. Uh, so he's, he's talking about, like, he didn't want to leave Minnesota, but eventually, like, it, it became a point where, they they just weren't going to they weren't going to pay him. Glenn Taylor was just it's this is we're not gonna we're not gonna do this. It's time. And so KG was you know he's loyal. He is as loyal as it gets 
to a fault to, at, at some point. And so he's talking about all the places that he could have gone. And honestly, the, the, the number one place that he wanted to go was Los Angeles to play for the Lakers. And to hear KG tell the story, he said, I hit up Kobe Bryant. He tells it a little more colorfully than I do. <laughs> but basically, I called Kobe Bryant, and he didn't answer the phone. And so he called, I forget who it was, someone else, maybe Rick Fox or somebody. Um, and they were like, yeah, you know, he's busy off season, whatever. He might be somewhere. You know, just try him again. Try to call him again. And, and Kobe didn't pick up the phone. And if Kobe had picked up the phone, maybe Kevin Garnett would have been a Laker. But then KG says, in the meantime, Danny Ainge comes in and starts finessing me. Like he's like, he's got the plan. He's got the whole thing down. And he's KG's like, you ever have that moment where somebody's talking to you and you kind of have like that thousand yard stare. You're just staring into nothing, but you can picture everything that guy is saying. Like I had that moment. So Danny Ainge comes in and sells Kevin Garnett on the Boston Celtics plan. And so that's when KG says, all right, I'll, I'll, I will go to Boston and they execute the trade. So, on July 31st, 2007, the Boston Celtics traded Ryan Gomes, ouch, Gerald Green, Al Jefferson, Theo Ratliff, Sebastian Telfair, a 2009 first round pick, and a 2009 first, two, two 2009 first round picks for yep. Kevin Garnett. So one, two, three, four, five players and two draft picks. For one guy, Kevin Garnett. Uh, the, the biggest misconception is that the is that the is that the Wolves did not take the best deal. When if you want to use hindsight and look back, if the Lakers had allegedly offered Odom and Andrew Bynum, the Celtics and and you look at how Bynum you know flamed out and even Odom. Um, sure. kind of got, got a little flaky there later on. Jefferson was the most stable piece and he was the 20 and 10 guy for many years and they gave them two first round picks. It's not Ainge's fault that one of those picks was the Johnny Flynn pick, right? No, I mean, that was, that was right. Minnesota's own pick that they got back. Right? Yeah, they got back. So, if you wanted to rewrite history, you could say, yes, if the, if the Wolves were smart, they would have had Al. They would have said, we got a first-round pick that we used to take Steph Curry. And the franchise would have been a lot different. But this notion that Ainge and McHale had this sort of wink-wink thing and that that the, that the Wolves got hoodwinked or just gave up Garnett is such BS. Because I, I, I will – but I will state this to my dying day that Jefferson was the best piece when you look back and see what happened to Bynum and, and, and Odom, that they took the best offer. I, I would, here, here, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Well said. In three, I mean, there's seasons, no- in three seasons with Minnesota, Al Jefferson averaged 20 points, 10.4 rebounds, shot 50%, just about 50%, um, and – I mean, that, that's, what more can you want from a player? Like he, 
he wasn't going to be like Kevin Garnett, but like th- those numbers are are pretty damn good. Shot seventy one percent from from the line. He shot. I mean, he wasn't a three point shooter, but like he was a, a pretty good player. Minnesota just is a disaster of a franchise. Now, right? People have this notion because because people don't understand how the NBA works. That Kevin McHale is like, all right, I'm going to give you, hey, buddy, let me give you Kevin Mc, Ke- Kevin Garnett just because I'm a former Celtic and I'm friends with you. Here you go. Like, no, you're, first of all, there's an owner that you have to go through and, and justify it. There are people in the, in the organization that you have to justify it to. And so there's, there's still like justification throughout that. And like you said, they got their own draft pick back. They were bad. They they got their own pick back. They had an opportunity to kind of re- correct a mistake there. They they got a 2010 guy that they had for three years. Minnesota just couldn't put any, anything around them. Now Kevin McHale's relationship to Danny Ainge is is certainly a huge reason why this got done because Kevin McHale and Danny Ainge could sit there and talk over. I just could say talk over beers, but Danny Ainge doesn't drink. But they could talk over beer and a milk, I guess, and say, like, this is this is what I want. This is what I want out of this deal. This is what you want out of this deal. Let's stop bullshitting each other and talk like human beings because we know each other and we're not going to try and screw each other. Like, we're going to try to help. Like, you need a superstar. Okay, I got you a superstar. Well, I need a future star. I need some picks. I need some 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 role play. I need some young, promising talent to sell my fans to say, hey, we got this player, this young player, and we've got this. Like we're building something. Like we we had KG. It's over. We've got to start somewhere, and this is a pretty good start. Like you're right about Bynum and Odom, and Bynum was promising, but neither of those guys was franchise was a franchise guy, and Lamar Odom wasn't going to bring. Like Minnesota was not going to do any better than they did if they had taken the Lakers deal than taking the Celtics. Like, by turning down the Lakers deal, whatever that rumored deal was, they didn't turn down five playoff appearances. Like they, They'd they be the exact same team because I love Kevin McHale and he's my basketball hero, but can't run a franchise. He's not a good <laughs> GM. Yeah, They're just a bad poorly run team with an owner, by the way, that's not so great. As Chuck said, if they had taken Curry, you know, we wouldn't even be having this discussion. It would have never come to that. They they didn't draft the right guy. That's hindsight. Sure. But, you know, if they had taken Curry, um, then the trade wouldn't be seen as a giveaway to the Celtics. Right. And, you know, they got, the, all the players they did get. I mean, Ryan Gomes was a starter for Minnesota. Al Jefferson started. Telfair even started most of the time. And and they got an expiring contract, Theo Ratliff. You know, so they, they got a good deal there. And it's just the narratives. You know, you know how things are. The hot take industry. Everything's got to be boiled down to the, the simplest thing and. And it's got to be made controversial. So, of well, course, it's, also, it's never going to get changed. It's also fueled by Laker 
exceptionalism and Laker oh. ignorance, right? Like, do you have – there's two – Those, those two are forces, givens. <laughs> right? Like, they, is there one franchise out there who, who just thinks there's – they're, they're they're entitled to everything, but then also it's just equally as stupid. Like at least when you see it with when you see it with Yankee fans and their exceptionalism, they generally I think they know the sport. Laker fans, I just I I, I don't know, I don't see it. So anyway, let's not turn into a Laker bashing podcast, but bring it back to the Celtics. Now, not only do we make the move for Garnett. You know, despite John's cries and pleas to not pull the trigger, um, KG is, and it's not a rental. Garnett quickly kind of extends his offer, right? Extend, extends his contract a few years. So we're all in. That's right. And you just remember that press conference with those three guys. And I'm thinking, holy shit, this is really happening. Like right. what a, just what a turn from that draft lottery. Another heartbreaking night to, you know, whatever it was, less than two months later or, you know, two, two and a half months that we have we have our big three. And it's just like, holy shit, can we do this? <laughs> well, I, I do want to just put a nice little bow on this discussion and make it like if the Celtics gave up Al Jefferson and Steph Curry, if, if Minnesota gets Steph Curry in that trade, no one questions the legitimacy of that trade at all, ever, right? Like, that's yep. just, like, you would say, hey, the Celtics, I mean, the, the, the Timberwolves gave up Kevin Garnett. They got Steph Curry. Brilliant. So just to make it clear, it's Minnesota's fault for drafting Johnny Flynn <laughs> yep. instead of Steph Curry. It's not Danny Ainge's fault. They had the opportunity, and Kevin McHale – Sorry, buddy, but uh, another big swing and a miss. Okay, so the the press conference. I have been on record as stating my opposition to the deal. Seeing it on paper, I was like, oh, God, I, I hope this works. And so the press conference happens, and all three of them walk in. And all three of them hold up their jerseys. And in that moment, in that instant, I immediately realize how horribly wrong I was. Before they, <laughs> I can't even, like, it, before they even played a game, before they even took the court, before a practice, before anything, I'm seeing Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen standing there holding up their jerseys. And I immediately go, I was wrong. This is going to be awesome. This I'm all in. Like, so the the theoretical stuff. I don't know if I was swayed by the star power. I don't know if the visual of it that that brought it home. The listening to them speak, whatever it was, the instant that I saw that, I knew that that was gonna that was gonna work right there. I don't want to make it well, seem like revisional revisionist history. Be like, oh yeah, I changed my mind once they started playing. Like. As soon as that thing happened at the press conference, I was like, oh, yep, I was wrong. I mean, Garnett was persuasive in his own way. Like he, he just, he, he can, he flipped the switch and he suddenly became, and I'm sure this, I'm on, I might be exaggerating because I'm sure this built through all the interviews we heard from him right through the famous training camp and stuff leading up into that season. But he persuaded you to, to think he was all in. He was going to do whatever it took. Um, and I, you know, 
followed Garnett from afar. I knew he was a superstar, kind of like a loud guy, um, you know, really good defensive player. But you don't you don't know the self selflessness that he possessed. I didn't know he had that element to him before coming here because you're concerned about how they're all going to mesh. Um, and it just started to, it just started to became apparent the more we heard from KG, um, and, and the rest of them that, that, um, they just sold us on, on it working. And obviously they were right. Um, but, but, but I just remember Garnett always just, he, he immediately became, and I don't, can't think of the promos that the Celtics were running and stuff, but the energy that he created around here, um, it was just wild. I mean, it was so, it was so exciting and he just became the biggest Garnett fan from that moment. It was, uh, it was so, uh, invigorating. Yeah. After all of the, uh, bad luck, that had gone on for years and really culminated in that season before where everything went wrong. Um, you know, now all of a sudden, wow, we have a chance. and We're probably a favorite. And, you know, it came to be. It was just a great feeling to have some excitement going into the season. There's so much more, so much more. When we return next week, we get into the championship. We get into Kevin Garnett, the culture changer. The entire week is basically going to be dedicated to this one season. How Kevin Garnett impacted the Celtics. Why they were able to gel so quickly. The march through the season. The championship. The finals. We go deep into the playoffs. It's it's going to really be an in-depth discussion of the championship season of 2008. That's going to be all next week. And then after that, we're going to get into the post-championship years. And then we'll get right up to this year. And that'll be the end of our march through history. And that'll get us right about back to mid-June and the return, we hope, of NBA basketball. So make sure you're subscribing to this podcast because as news breaks, we'll sprinkle it in and continue our historical look a little bit later. But if we need to do news, I'll do news. And then after that, hopefully basketball is back, and we'll get to talk some real basketball again. Subscribe if you have not done that. We exist everywhere. Podcasts exist. Follow us on Spotify if you're listening on Spotify. If you listen to music on Spotify, we exist there as well. Please go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off. Your first order of the best tasting protein bar on the market. All the protein you want, not a lot of calories, no extra carbs, no extra sugars, none of that extra crap from other bars that you're going to find. BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on for $10 off your first order. That's it, everybody. Hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. Share the podcast. Tell your friends they should be listening to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.